Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. David Finch. We're excited to be with you for another study this evening. We're going to be studying from Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to be talking about the armor of God, so that probably won't take very long. This is going to be another short one. <laughs> yeah, because we have those. Right. Um, but no, we got a good study for you. Um, as always, if you have any questions, send us an email. Um, it's in the description, uh, truth in agape, or it's uh, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our Facebook page and, and send us a message that way. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. Um, but we're going to kind of jump right in here uh, to our study. And uh, I guess we'll go ahead and read read the text. And then we're just going to kind of study whatever comes to us. We, That's right. Uh, just to kind of explain, uh, we had Patrick uh, Brettlinger with us last week for a gospel meeting. And so we spent the whole week talking about the armor of God, and it was a great uh, series of lessons. So um, hopefully we got something to say. <laughs> so hopefully we got something to say. Uh, I think we'll have plenty to say. Whenever we get going, we always have plenty to say. But it was a great study, great encouragement for us as we're soldiers, you know, in Christ, and and um, you know how we ought to 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 be and live our lives and and spread spread the gospel. So that's right. Uh, and so we'll we'll go ahead and um, probably just jump right in. Yeah. So you know, starting out in in Ephesians six, you know, as children, you know, if you were ever raised in the church, you talk about the armor of God, and, and sure. it's a, it's a great visual for kids, you know. So like the other day, I, I during the gospel meeting, actually, my youngest was sitting next to me, and she was she was coloring in the armor of God, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, but it's great for kids to see, but it's also great for us to understand what the armor of God is. Mm. So, you know, this is something that protects you from falling to the devil and, and falling to the shames of the devil. We have to prepare ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that that was brought out is that we are in a fight, a sure. spiritual fight. Yeah. You know, our fight is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities against powers, against the rulers of the dark age, you know, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Yeah. And I'm kind of digging into the text there, but that's something that a lot of times we don't recognize. Well, you know? and, and any fight that you have to prepare for a fight. Absolutely. And you have to have the proper tools. You yeah. know, and and that's basically what the armor of God is. Is the it's the tools that you need in order to be sufficient at that fight. Yeah, you know, and and really in anything that we do, you're going to have those tools, um, to to be successful. With, yeah, and to go into battle and and uh, if without them, you're nothing. You're, yeah, you're you're not going to last long. You know, and and growing up or even today, I've always liked watching like sword fighting movies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where, you know, you're protecting the king and all mm-hmm. that. But you see the armor that they have on. And I've always loved that image and the yeah. sword fighting and all that stuff. Just but, the sound that it makes when they walk. Right. But you know? can you imagine going out to battle in a battle like that and not having any protection? No. Oh. It's kind of like walking across the driveway in in bare feet. Yeah. For us adults. The kids, they just cruise right Right. Up. 
I can't do it. No. I got to put shoes on or well, something. And, and, and it's almost like, I would even say not even across the, the driveway. I would say like across like a dirt road or something. Oh, sure. Barefoot, you know? Yeah. I'll hit a pebble. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That hurts the so worst. bad. <laughs> and around my house, I got these goat heads. Oh, I those can't are tell, even worse. Oh, man. Those, but, those, those hurt the dogs even. Yeah. But I mean, like to go into battle without your armor is like walking through a field of um, goat heads. It's basically a suicide You're going to kill yourself. Yeah, it's exactly. it's not going to be well. I mean, yeah. Any anytime you, you know, if you ran across in into battle with nothing to protect yourself, you're not going to last long. You're just you're just easy target. Yeah. You know, and like for us today, like our soldiers mm-hmm. fighting, you know, imagine if they go out to battle without any guns. Yeah. You're not going to make it. No. You know, and your enemy has them. You got to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, so let's get started here. Yeah. Starting in verse ten, we're going to actually go through verse uh, twenty. So just these ten verses. I'll go ahead and read it. Okay. Uh, Chad, I usually make you do it, but I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. That works. <laughs> That's just fine. He says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might." Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take on the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fury darts of the wicked one, and take on the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. For all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So, See, I told you there wasn't much there. No, yeah, not at all. (laughs) There's like nothing to talk about here, right? Yeah. So he starts out, and notice it was like three, within three verses, three or four verses, he's saying, stand, therefore. Therefore, take on the whole armor of God. You know, verse 11 and verse 13, take on the whole armor of God. You know, every piece of the armor is important. Yeah, I was going to point that out. I mean, if you can't just pick and choose what you take. Right. Everything there has a job, a purpose. That's right. Something it's it has it's 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 going to do something for you. And if you forget one or leave one out, you've got a hole, you got a gap. That's right. You you got a weakness that can that a dart you know, you think about the fiery darts that Satan right. hurls at us. If you don't have your shield, it's going right through you. Yeah. And and that's a very good point. You know, um, verse 16. Above all, take on the shield of faith with 
which you will be able to quench all the fury darts of the wicked one. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love the imagery that Paul uses here. You know, we have a, a spiritual fight, and a lot of times we can't really fathom what that what that really is, mm-hmm. you know. And so this this imagery that he's using, we, we recognize how serious this fight is. Mm-hmm. We're fighting against the devil. He's the darkness of the world, mm-hmm. you know, and he's the prince of the world. And so we have to prepare ourselves to fight. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to point out is in verse 12. Verse 12 tells us what we're fighting against. And it's very right. detailed. It's it's like, you know why you need all this stuff? It's because of this right here. We're wrestling against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's quite an adversary. You know, and... And here's something that that we need to understand. Satan is here, present with us. Yeah. You know, and he can get at us, but he doesn't, he's not going to show up, you know, wearing all red with the red horns and the... No, he's going to be looking for a crack to sneak through. That's right. You're not going to actually see him. He can get to you through your friends. Yeah. Through your loved ones, through your parents, Mm -hmm. anywhere. Yeah. So you're not going to see it coming. So you have to prepare yourself always. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you're... That's why this battle is so serious. Mm-hmm. He's going to pick at you at your weakest points. Mm-hmm. When you put down your shield, that's when he's going to attack. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. He's not going to warn you. He's not going to... He's not someone that fights fair. <laughs> Yeah, you know he's gonna pick at you when when you're at your lowest moment. Oh no, he's not gonna fight fair, and and it could be anything. You know, it could be a, a even a spouse. You know, that's or, right. Or a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or you know, they sneak in. Those you know, he can sneak in through all those things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you know, even your your spouses and yeah, spouse. So turn over with me to Matthew four. Now this is something that. He attacks Christ. But notice when he attacks. Yeah. So verse 2 of Matthew 4, and this is speaking about Christ. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Christ fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came, he said, there came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, Command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So the first temptation here, he's, he's te- or Satan is telling Christ, Why don't you command these stones to become bread so you can eat? Praying upon the weakness that, that is going on with Christ. And something that we have to recognize as well is Christ suffered as all human. Okay? He was not, he didn't have a leg up. You know, a lot of people try to claim that Christ um, Christ had the, the help of the Spirit and, and he wasn't actually weak ever. Mm-hmm. That's not true. He hungered just like a man would. And, you know, we've talked about this several times, Chad, where we miss a meal and we're freaking out, right? Oh, yeah. And so here he's talking about 
we live off of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We don't live off of bread alone. Yeah. Bread sustains us, but the word of God revives us and and makes us alive forever. Well, and if if you're looking at a a weak moment, it, you know, for a man to be weak. I mean, look at Esau or Esau, Jacob and Esau. He gave up his birthright for a bowl of stew. Yeah, you know, because he was because so he hungry. Yeah, he was so hungry, and he didn't care what. Yeah, sure, I'll give up my birthright. Yeah. And 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 it's no good if I die anyway. And you know, I'm not I'm not that way as much as I used to be, but when I was 17, 18, clear till I was about 25, when I was hungry, it was time to eat. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you didn't miss a meal. I mean, you don't get my way in food. No, I mean, you I'll chew your arm off to get to that plate of food. I mean, yeah. It was just my stomach would just ache. Like, you wouldn't believe. Now that I've got a few more extra pounds, it's not that way. My metabolism <laughs> has changed. But yeah. I had the highest metabolism, and it was painful to not eat. Yeah. And if you if you missed a meal, I mean, and I'm going to tell you, that's good negotiation oh, times yeah. when you're hungry like that. That's right. And, 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 and you've got someone at a weak moment, and that's the thing. Satan is going to come at you at a weak moment. And he tried to do it with Christ. It That's didn't right. work. It didn't work. That's right. But he tried. Yeah. And and it could have been a, a weak moment for Christ. But nope. And then imagine skipping down to verse uh, 9 and 10. Or actually 8 through 10 of, of Matthew 4. Again, this is, this is going to be the third temptation. Okay. It says, again, the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, he is. this is everything that you could ever want in this life. And Satan said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something, when I was reading this growing up, I was like, what would make Satan think that Christ would ever bow down to him? (laughs) Yeah. But really, when you you take into consideration, he's hungry, Mm -hmm. he's fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That is hard. And he is very weak. Mm-hmm. You know, um, very weak. You know, you don't you don't get the vitamins you need. Mm-hmm. You get all of our, your vitamins and everything like that through your food. Mm-hmm. Well, he wasn't getting any of that. So he, not only is he hungry, but his body is physically weak as well. Yeah. And so it makes if he would ever bow, it would be right here. Yeah. You know, he was. I'm sure it felt like he was nearing death. Mm-hmm. And so. This is when Satan says, just worship me, and I'll give you everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no doubt that Satan, it was within Satan's power to give him everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was something that for any of us would have been very hard. Well, and I think, you know, we have two different temptations here. You've got the hunger, physical mm-hmm. body, but you got this one, which would be quite a temptation for a lot of people. Yeah. And... You know, we all live our lives, seems like, like we're going to live forever. Yeah. Okay? And how many rulers 
have we known since this time that have had everything and died? Yeah. You know, Jesus knew that it wouldn't it wasn't a forever thing. Yeah. You might have 40 good years maybe to enjoy that. Yeah. 40 years. I'm 43. My folks tell me that it's gone by like a flash. Okay. Yep. I'm seeing it in my kids. You're seeing it in your kids how how fast time goes. Yeah. And then it's over. You're gonna die, and that's all you got to enjoy in your life. That's right. Is it worth that compared to, you know, eternal salvation forever? Yeah. You know, and people don't ever think about that. No. Nope. They they live their whole lives trying to gain, 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 gain all these things, and it. Yeah. It makes it's for nothing. And you, you know, and that brings out a, a very good point too, where he has two temptations here. Yeah, two you know, different having ones. all of the power mm-hmm. and and all of the the money. Like you know, there's that those sayings. You may ask somebody, "What would you do for a million dollars?" Yeah, sure. You know, would you do this for a million dollars? Would yeah. you do that? Yeah. And a lot of times, that's when you find out that people nah. don't have morals. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. They'll do just about anything. <laughs> yeah, just for about it. anything. And so, but here. All Christ would have had to do was just give up God. Yeah. That's it, right? Well, and it goes to show that we all have our different weaknesses, right? Yeah. I get tempted differently than you do. Yeah. Something that's a temptation for you may not be for me. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, so there are different ways that we're tempted. And the devil's smart. He's going to find those ones. And, and you know, maybe Jesus, his human nature about him maybe this was a weakness for him yeah you know i don't know but jesus knew that it it wasn't forever you know because he because he says it's you know you can have this that all this can be yours but only in this life right it doesn't it doesn't carry on yeah it's it's not forever Satan Satan over promises and under delivers. Yeah. And he's very good at that. You know, he'll he'll promise you the world and then Well and won't deliver it. Keep in mind you're dealing with liar liar pants on fire, right? Sure, exactly. Where he's the father of lies. So just because he says he'll do it doesn't mean not that he couldn't do it, but that he probably won't. Yeah. And you know, giving up anything in or Giving up God, nothing in this life is worth that. No, it's nothing. Not. And and the thing is, you're, you're always going to have to do more and more and more and more. You think about, I'm a history buff. I love uh, World War II. It's probably my favorite. And, you know, if you look at some of the leaders there, like uh, Hitler, he wanted to rule the whole world. He wanted a one world. I'm the king. That's it. I, I rule the world, the whole world. That was his goal, basically. Yeah. That's what he always wanted. It didn't happen because, you know, there's a lot of reasons. But then what? If you if you actually did accomplish that, now what? Yeah, I know. And it's going to take your whole life to gain it. And then what? You're still going to die. And you can't take it with you. No, you can't take it with you. And I also think about a team, a sports team. You know, let's say it's the football, okay? And they go and they win the Super Bowl. Guess what? They just got to go do it again next year. Yeah. That it wasn't enough. Yeah. They have to keep going. It's like, well, we're going to be back-to-back champs, you know? We're going to go win it again. But even at that, if you're lucky to do that, if you're lucky the enough to do that, year. then what? You just got to... And it, it never stops. Like, you're, it's never enough. That's right. It's never enough. You know, the devil could have given him even more than this. 
and it still wouldn't be worth what Christ can give to us. Yeah. You know. And so here's, going back to Ephesians 6, here's the issue, though. Yeah. You know, as we're talking about this, a lot of times you don't recognize that you have given up God mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, the world has a way of deceiving you, and and then before you know it, you look back and you're like, wow, I have slipped so far away. Like uh, I like what Patrick brought up. Um, the world has a way of making sin look okay. Right. You know. Well, we see it today. You yeah, know, there's where, a lot of... Where it's actually, according to the world, it's bad or it's evil to talk against homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Well, God condemned it. Yeah. And that's all... So... For us to just say, you know, First Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, and Romans 1, 26 and 27, you know, Romans calls it a shameful act, and First Corinthians 6, God just simply says that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. But in order for us to say that, then all of a sudden we're, we're bad, yeah. you know? God called homosexuality bad. Yeah. We didn't. God no. did. But then they have a way of making you feel like, like the evil one for talking against it. Yeah. Right? And so there it is. And and that's but And that's can, part of Satan's tools. That's he's right. trying to make it seem okay. Yeah. He's trying to make it okay. One of the greatest tricks that Satan has is kind of my saying. Deceiver. The the greatest trick that Satan has is making be, people believe that he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. that it's so hard to meet him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's the scary thing. And so it well, and and everyone, you know, we, you know, I'm getting old enough to where I've been to quite a few funerals. Okay. Yeah. The f- people I know, friends, and you just I've got back n- from one not too long ago. Yeah, I have never been to a funeral <laughs> where they didn't say, "Oh, we're going to see him again." Yeah. Everyone, it don't matter how they lived their life. Every funeral I've ever been to, he's going to heaven. She's going to heaven. Yeah. Some of them may. They probably will. The way they live their lives, if, if uh, you know, the way that we know that they live their lives, according to the Bible, quite a few of them should be there. Yeah. God's still the judge. That's right. But there's, are they all going? I don't know. But some of the people of, of uh, funerals I've been to, man, yeah. I would not want to be in their shoes because yeah. I don't think they did enough. Well, and according to God's word, that's according right. to, it's not according to Chad. Yeah, I'm just saying the way they live their lives was not the way that the Bible tells us to do it. Right. Well, and and you know we're commanded in Acts two thirty eight, you know, to be baptized for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, there, you know, it tells us for the remission of sins. Now mm-hmm. we know from. Uh, Hosea 4 6 that uh, I believe it's Hosea 4 6 actually turn over there with me again we're going off our end of our yeah we're going down a rabbit hole that's okay (laughs) Um, Hosea 4 6 yeah my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge yeah that's not the one I'm looking for oh Um, I don't know why I just, all of a sudden it slipped my mind, but uh, God is of purer eyes than to behold evil. Habakkuk okay. 1.13. Okay. 
Now we have to go there because I got to make sure that I'm not misleading. Habakkuk thirteen. Habakkuk one thirteen. One thirteen. Yeah, this is you know he's speaking to God. He says, "You are of purer eyes than to behold evil. You cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he?" But that first part of Habakkuk one thirteen. God is of purer eyes than to behold evil. Mm-hmm. So if he cannot even look upon evil, mm-hmm. what makes us think if we're evil that we can actually mm. spend eternity with God, right? Mm-hmm. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23, For the wages of that sin is death. Now he's not talking about a physical death. He's talking about this spiritual death separated from God for eternity. Mm-hmm. That sin will separate you from God. There is this eternal separation from God. Yeah. And so, and then uh, let's continue on in uh, Romans 6, 23. Since, you know, we, we should... For the wages of sin is death, Yep. but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So notice how, but the gift of God is eternal life in who? Christ Jesus our Lord. That's right. Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm -hmm. So we have to be in Christ. Yeah. Turn over with me to Galatians 3 real fast. This helps us to understand how to be in Christ. Starting in verse 26 of Galatians 3. For you were all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Yeah. So we have to be baptized into Christ. And in the... The New American Standard Bible, in verse 27, when you're baptized into Christ, Christ, you you clothe yourself with Christ, you mm-hmm. know, or put on Christ in baptism. So you have that image, again, of just putting on Christ. And that, through at the point of baptism, that's also when you have the remission of sins, Yeah, according to Acts 2.38. And so there's no other way to get rid of that sin. Mm-hmm. Nowhere else in Scripture does it does it do mm-hmm. we hear that we can get rid of our sin in any other way. Baptism is the only way. Yeah. And so, without baptism, you are still dead in your sins and trespasses. Well, basically, when you're baptized into Christ, you're part of the army. That's okay? right. That's the way you get into the army. <laughs> okay. And then you're able to put on these tools that we've been talking about. That's right. The the armor. To stay there, you know, basically to um, to 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 um, join the fight and resist Satan. That's right. You know, and and we're never going to be perfect. You know, we're going to fail as we go along. But that's what Christ has done for us. If we, you know, He's forgiving us of our sins. That's right. And there's no way to not sin. I know one thing Patrick brought up when he was here. Um, who here has not sinned, you know? Yeah. Have I sinned? Yes. Have you sinned? Yes. yes. No man is exempt from it. We we all sin. 
That's right. There's no getting around it. And there's no 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 other thing that you can do on earth. You know, you can be a good person, you can donate to charities, whatever. You can be the best guy on the block. But if you're not in Christ, you haven't been baptized into Christ, you're not part of the army. That's right. You know? Yeah, and you know, when you when you are baptized into Christ, like you're saying, this is when you need to put on the armor of God. Yeah. And you know, Second Timothy two four and actually we'll we'll actually go back to verse three. And we'll go down a, a few verses here. But 2 Timothy 2, starting in verse 3, he says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So I want to take a moment and pause there. Notice how he's talking about how yeah, this is no good. one entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Mm-hmm. Entangled in perhaps politics, or, yeah. you know, we can get lost. And and I actually had to stop watching the news, Chad, because I would just get so frustrated with what's going on in government. Oh, it's not man. worth it. I should do the same thing. And, and I'll, you know, you get lost and you get entangled in those affairs. Mm-hmm. That's not your fight. Mm-hmm. Your fight is not with flesh and blood. Going back to you know um, Ephesians six ten, your fight is not. With flesh and blood. Actually, that was yeah. verse 12, right? Yeah. 11 or 12. Your fight is not with flesh well, and blood, but it is against the spiritual host of wickedness. And I've also brought this up, too, before. Um, I know guys that um, they're really into sports, you know? Yeah. And they could tell you every player on the team of their favorite team, their stats, where they're at, you know, this. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that can... Inner, you know, if you, it's almost like a religion for them. Yeah. You know, that that's all they care about all the time. Well, and and I've known Christians who mm-hmm. who who are that way, and they they know everything about their favorite team, even the other teams. You know, sure. The the great players on oh, the yeah, other teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll tell you their stats, and they'll tell you all this stuff. But then you're like, well, what does the Bible say here? They're like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't yeah, know anything. Exactly. And there's the problem. That's, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. So do you know as much about that the Bible as you do that sports team? Yeah. And in fact, I'll say you need to know more about the Bible than that sports oh, team. Oh, absolutely. And and it's anything, man. It's absolutely. social media. It is. It's watching movies, watching your Netflix series, whatever. Yep. And I'm not saying that it's wrong, okay? There's, you know, entertainment and things that we engage in, you know, to, uh, you know, kind of kick back, relax, whatever. Yeah, but we can't let that get in the way of us being a good soldier of Christ. Our, yeah, being a good soldier. That's right. Yeah, if you're a distracted soldier, you're gonna die. Yeah, you know, my dad was in Vietnam and he talks all the time about, um, you know, there's pictures of him, and he's got his steel pot on, and then the rest of them don't. He's like, well, that was the rules. That's what I, I was gonna <laughs> wear my steel pot, so you know, because I don't want to get you know. Yeah, that, per- or that protects the noggin. Yeah, yeah, but 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 a lot of the rules will just kind of wear off. Not him. He's like, no, this was this was here for for my protection. I'm gonna do it. And um, as a soldier, you can't let let your guard down. That's I mean, we right. talk about it all the time, and and leave 
your gun clear over there by the yeah. trees or whatever. And leave your helmet off, you know, somewhere. And <laughs> yeah, you, those things are given to you for a reason. And so, you know, this armor of God, there's so many things that we can compare it to. Yeah. You know, we could be here all night. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> wow, excuse me. But, you know, you were talking about sports. Yeah. And, it, and he actually goes on, as we go on in Second Timothy 2, okay. um, 5 and 6. And actually, we'll read 7 as well. Okay. He says, And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Yeah. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. So, you know, he's he's actually comparing athletics. Yeah, you got to follow but, the rules. But he, he's using the... He's using athletics as a as a uh, analogy to help us understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Chad, um, what sports did you play growing up? Oh, I played some basketball. I did track. Okay, so I know a little bit about basketball. So mm-hmm. let's say, um, you know, you take the ball outside the bounds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's out of bounds. Out of bounds. Well, what if you just try to keep going and you kept dribbling and shooting the basket? Mm-hmm. It didn't didn't count, did it? Mm-hmm. No. Or or if you just take a ball and run with it and not dribble. Yeah, and not dribble. No. That's, yeah, exactly. You're, done. you're toast. But say you just take it, you you curl it up into <laughs> a ball, and you just run across the court and shoot it. It doesn't count. You, you know, can't win that way. You're mm-hmm. actually you um you're disqualified, right? Yeah. The same as with a Christian. You know, when we study the Bible, you can't be, you can't go rogue as a Christian. No. You know, you have to compete and you have to be a soldier according to the rules. Now, the rules in play is the scripture, the word of God. Yeah, and they they were established by God, not by anyone else. Amen. Absolutely. They're not. Very good point. You know, they're, and they're, we can't change the rules. The rules are unchangeable. They're They're written in stone, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, you have to compete. You have to be a soldier of Christ according to the way Christ commands you to be his soldier. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, also think about it in the Army today. Can you imagine going through boot camp when the drill sergeant tells you to do something and you just don't do it? (laughs) Man, that's not going to work out for you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, our master is Christ. And we are in this fight with him. Mm-hmm. And if he tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. You know, you have to do what he says. Yeah. And that's why, you know, in verse 6 of 2 Timothy 2, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Yeah. Christ is our forerunner. He is the one who showed us the way. He gets the first crops. Mm-hmm. He gets the best crops. He gets the first of your life mm-hmm. in all things. Don't put anything before him. Don't put anything before his word. Mm-hmm. He gets first. Yeah. And so... It makes me think of, you know I got something brewing. Yeah. <laughs> so it, uh, today, um, I went and talked to some... Me and uh, my business partner, Rick. Yeah. We, we went and talked to a group of students in college and basically explained to them how um, important it is to basically be on time. And that's something that's become a real problem with the youth today is basically being punctual seems like yeah it's it's a real problem and and um and so we explained to him how important it is if you ever want to go watch a f- funny video i think it's called the millennial job interview 
Just Google it. <laughs> Millennial job interview. I can only imagine. It, it's hilarious. And and the thing is, though, though, it's sad. And and what it makes me think about here is sometimes if we don't like a rule, we'll just ignore it, okay? Or not give it the emphasis that it should have, okay? Now, you see where I'm going. Yeah. So... Uh, being on time, it's like, uh, if I'm five minutes late, whatever, they'll just have to deal with it. You know, you're basically bending that rule. And I've, I've, I know places that three times you're fired. Okay. If you're late three times, yeah, you're out, you're done. Guess what? Job opening. They're looking for a new person. Okay. <laughs> and we, as a company have had to do that. We've got, we had a kid that was a really good welder, really good hand when he's there. But he was consistently 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes late, sometimes an hour. We can't have that. Yeah. Guess what? He doesn't work for us anymore. And so Go figure. when it comes to religion, do people not want to kind of, oh, that's not so important. You know, let's say it's baptism. Right. Okay. That's a big one. Right. Oh, that's not that important. You know, it's kind of like what they do with the, with being on time. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's not that big a deal. And we'll laugh about it. Oh, yeah, we're on Chad's time or David's time today, which is 10 minutes late consistently. You know, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It, we're not on so-and-so's time or we're not on this group because I don't have to be baptized there. You know? Yeah. It doesn't work that way. You follow God's rules the way he wanted us to follow them, and that's it. Yeah. Else you're fired. <laughs> well, and, and another point to bring out too, when we go home at the end of the day, yeah, we're still his soldier. Sure. We yeah, don't, you don't hang don't, it up. We don't take off the armor. Yeah, right. You know, and that goes back to verse thirteen of Ephesians six. <clears throat> I always get this. I get something in my throat when we're getting ready to do this. <laughs> so he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand you know we're yeah. doing everything don't leave anything out doing all to stand you know and that that reminds me of colossians 3 17 let's turn over there but that that ties it in beautifully with with what he's talking about here in verse 13 of ephesians 6 so that's colossians 3 17 he says and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And that's not leaving anything out. That's right. I mean, it's all. And all is all. And you do a job, you do all. You can't right. leave anything out. Yeah. And that's and notice how it says in word and in word or deed. So it's like even you know, during uh as you're coming to the word of God, you it's his truth all the way, or in your life, mm -hmm. throughout your life, all. You know, mm -hmm. as you go home, as you're with your family, mm -hmm. you don't, you're not, you know, like this great Christian in the eyes of everyone. Mm -hmm. Then you go home and beat your wife and yell at your kids and, and, you know, beat your kids. That's not a Christian. No. A Christian is someone who is a Christian all of the mm -hmm. time, someone mm -hmm. who is always putting on the armor of God. Yeah, always. Yeah. And, and, and and dependable. Yes. You know, that's another another downfall of people. Um, dependable. Being dependable. 
Um, are we dependable when it comes to a, being a Christian? Yeah. Can we be counted on? That's right. You know, that's a great question to ask too. Yeah. I mean, is is God gonna be like He was with Job? No, I got Job down here, man. He's my most faithful servant. Yeah. Is that what he's gonna say about me and you? I want him to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 uh, you know, I don't know. You could go so many places with that. But, yeah. But is he is he the one at the front line with all his armor on? You know, ready to go. Yeah. He's he's ten minutes early. <laughs> yep. And and you know this is this is God's fight. You know this is something we are fighting the the spiritual fight that that we have been um, drafted into, if you want to say. You know when we put on Christ in baptism, we join this fight. It, it's it's the fight in in the the spiritual warfare. You know, and I think of David. Mm-hmm. Going up against Goliath. Now he didn't have any armor on, but notice. Um, and actually, let's go over there. That is going to be First Samuel. I'm going to have to play around over here a little bit. I think it's about sixteen or seventeen. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So he rejected Saul. I think it's seventeen. Yeah. And so, when he finally gets ready to go up against Saul, um, which which chapter? First uh, Samuel chapter seventeen. Okay, that's what I thought. I was just making sure. Yeah. Um, let me see. So he's, I, I believe it's towards the end here, and I'm, I'm looking it up. Because uh, I think we mentioned this when we started, that uh, we're going off the cuff here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we are. We don't have anything planned here, so it's going pretty well, though. <laughs> yeah. So in verse forty-six of First Samuel seventeen, okay, starting there. So this is when, or actually, we'll back up to verse forty-five of First Samuel seventeen. It says then, this is when David is finally meeting up with Goliath the Philistine. Then David said to the Philistine, "You come to me with a sword." with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. But notice in verse 45, He's coming in the name of the Lord of hosts. Yeah. God is going to deliver me. He gives all credit to God. Yeah. And what's what's so interesting about verse 46, he talks about he's going to cut his head off, right? Yeah. David didn't even have a sword. He didn't even have a sword, and yet he's saying, I'm going to cut your head off. Yeah. He was already planning on taking Goliath's sword yeah. and cutting his own head off. Yeah. And that's, you know, he's... David recognized the fight that he was he was fighting. Yeah, he knew he had God on his side. And, That's right. And and you know it didn't matter. God was going to deliver him. God God was going to deliver, and and he would be successful mm. because he had God on his side. Yeah. That's one of the biggest ones I think that. You know he didn't have all the armor on. Remember he tried to put the armor on. Yeah, and it it just wasn't working. And yeah, it just didn't work. And 
So, um, he had five smooth stones and his yeah. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this when we first started this. You know, when we were talking about the armor, and I was thinking of David. He didn't have the armor. Yeah, but he had God. But notice, it wasn't a a fleshly fight that he was really dealing with. In verse forty-seven of First Samuel seventeen, it says, "Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord God." does not save with sword and spear mm-hmm. for the battle is the lord's mm-hmm. and he will give you into our hands so the right here he's he's like speaking the fight that we are to fight he does not save with sword and spear the fight that we fight today is not with flesh and blood it is not with sword and spear we have this spiritual armor mm mm-hmm. mhm but I, I just love the um, the imagery that we get, yeah. you know, in, in Ephesians. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah, ours is spiritual, and, and so is David. When yeah. you think about it, you know, sure, he used the, the stone and the, and the slingshot, but he was only focused on spiritual matters, you know, prayer to God. Hey, I know God's going to help me. He's going to deliver me um, because... It's God's will. If it's God's will, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know. And and then going back to Ephesians 6, and I know we're skipping around a little bit. No, that's fine. Um, verse 14, <clears throat> it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, this, this imagery of girding your waist with truth, mm-hmm. you know, the... Um, like for women with a, a dress, okay. if they try to go up the stairs and they have that the long dress on, they're going to trip over their dress and they're not yeah. going to be able to go up. So they actually have to pull their dress up mm-hmm. to walk upstairs. Girding your waist with truth is like pulling everything up and, and wrapping it around your waist. But you wrap mm-hmm. your waist with truth. Yeah. So it's girding your waist with truth and having put, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. And then, you know, going into 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, what is shodding your feet with a preparation? Well, it's, it's being ready. I mean, it's, it's shodding your feet, you know, um, makes you stronger. Yeah. It, it, you're, well, it's kind of like I explained earlier, throwing your shoes on to go across the driveway. Right. You know, um, we shod horses. Um, they're, they, you can ride them with no shoes on. But right. you can really ride them when you shoe their feet. Yeah, because their their nails don't don't get driven down, or their their feet don't get driven down. That's right. And so that's that's actually a really good analogy too. But you yeah, know, as in the army. Yeah. Or the, you know, and I'm speaking, of course, during the the sword fighting and all that stuff. They would actually put this metal armor that goes over their shoe as well, and over their their okay. boot and everything. Yeah. You know, this this metal piece so that somebody can't stab their foot, you know? Well, and I think about this. When you when you hurt your foot or your leg or both both feet, yeah. You're done. You're out of commission. You are. You can't do anything. Yeah. That and we, we you know, we sometimes realize if if you you know, we'll say if you uh if you wanna know how much you use your foot, you know, go without it for a day. <laughs> yeah. You know? It yeah. doesn't work so well or or you get hurt. You know, even just a he- you've cut your finger. Yeah. You almost can't use that whole hand. 
Yeah. You know, you realize how much you use it. We don't realize how much we use our feet every day. And if it's if if that's what gets hurt first, you're done. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and I love how it's um, you're shotting your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you the easiest studies I've had. The easiest studies is just taking them to the Word of God. Yeah. And letting them read the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Read it and and. Let God tell you they're wrong, mm-hmm. and and of course, uh, I'm talking about people who they're they've been misled, right? Mm-hmm. And so you take them to the Word of God and let God the the gospel tell them, right? And and so you have to know the truth, and and that's that's a part of it too, you know. And like what me and you do, Chad. We're sitting here and we're talking about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that if, if if we didn't know it. Yeah, right. You know, like, yeah. You know, and and we both have our strengths too. You know, I can think of a the story, and you can tell me where it's at. Yeah, <laughs> that is so hard for me. Yeah, to I just need to study more. You know. Yeah. But I I know the story. I know which one I want to talk about. I've heard it a hundred times. Maybe in a in a lesson or whatever. Yeah, and I just I and of course now we got these you know pocket computers yeah. <laughs> where we can you know search real quick a keyword and usually I can find the verse pretty quick. That's right. That way by searching, um, searching the Bible just by a keyword or whatever, I can usually find what I'm thinking of. But still, uh, we both have our own strengths, but together, you know, That's we right. can we can do more than we could. On yeah. our own. Well, and you know, you're bringing out a good point that's not necessarily mentioned in Ephesians 6, but Ecclesiastes 9. There you go again. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> uh. Force to have it. And it's actually Ecclesiastes. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's actually uh, Ecclesiastes 4. Okay. It says, starting in verse 9 through 12 of Ecclesiastes 4, it says, Two are better than one, yeah. because you have a good reward for your labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But mm. woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I really like this passage because that's what you were illustrating. Like us together, yeah, we're a powerhouse, right? Yeah. Like we, and, and I'm not trying to boast about us or anything, but it's we're we're so much stronger together, well, and that's why Christ refers to us as sheep. Mm-hmm. We need each other to be stronger, mm-hmm. and 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 so and it's by design. I mean, you know, absolutely. he talks about that all the time for Christians. Yeah. You know, we're stronger together than apart. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes we have to put away silly quarrels. Yeah. And work together. But you know? even even at that, we were to use one another to yeah. help us get past that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so yeah. um, we went to a, a petting zoo last year, mm-hmm. and there were sheep in there. And there's about four or five in this one pen. And I, and I just walked up, and the sheep get as far away from me as possible and in the corner, right? And they, they were all together. Mm-hmm. 
And I leaned over to my daughter. I said, you know, Christ refers to us as sheep. I said, but look how they're together. They're not separated along the whole back wall. They were all four in that corner. And I said, because there's safety there. Mm -hmm. I said, that's why we need to work together, because there's safety there. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and all of us... So as we're talking about safety, if all of us put on our armor mm-hmm. and, and we keep our armor the, as a soldier of Christ and, and we keep on our armor, no one can penetrate. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so Satan cannot get at us. No. And so when, when we separate, we're, sometimes we, we don't know what's coming on behind us. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, your armor you got to be facing it in order to have your armor protect you, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why you we work together because somebody's facing the other way, mm-hmm. looking at your back, and you got their back, right? Yeah. But uh, so I really like Ecclesiastes four, as you were talking about. As we work together, we're stronger. Yeah. We're stronger together. Yeah, yeah. Two is better than one, and that's a great passage um, to look at. Probably the we got about. Eight minutes. Oh, man. Nine minutes, believe it or not. Um, maybe we could touch on um, prayers, kind of the last one there. Yeah, so let's let's skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. Um, we don't, I, we, we, there's no way we can cover everything. No, there isn't. Because there's so much we could talk about each one, you know, the the sword. I mean, that's the Bible. That's his word. You that's know? right. Um, but I, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, so skip down to Ephesians 6, verse 18. And so, um, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, he's saying praying always. You know, as you put on the armor of God, as you're putting on the helmet, you put it on with prayer. If you, As you're putting on the breastplate of righteousness, you put it on in prayer. You know, as you're shotting your feet, you you put it on with prayer. You know, and a good analogy to think about is prayer is the straps that hold the armor of God not just on but steady. Mm-hmm. So you, it's it's unmovable while it's on you. You know, and so if you don't put it on with prayer, if you don't have straps to keep it in place, mm-hmm. it's worthless, right? Yeah. I mean, as you go running, the... Breastplate's going to be jumping up and down and mm-hmm. all over the place, and it's not going to protect you. So you need to put it on with prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer is what fastens it to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you pray, and then you, you go to the Word of God, and you that's keeping it all together. And so prayer is crucial when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's, it's communication. It's, you know, it's a way to communicate with, the general, you might say. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and and we're encouraged by him. You know, I uh, usually, like, whenever there's a battle or whatever, and I just think of uh, General Patton, okay? You know, I told you I like history. Yeah. You know, he he would, uh, he was probably the best motivator um, that ever you know that there ever was as far as getting his people and his commanders to do more than what they thought they could do yeah. you know and so when we communicate with god 
you know, and he's he communicates to us through his word. You know, it just um, builds us up and strengthens us and, and, and makes it to where we can do things that we didn't think we could do. That's right. You know, as Christians, you know, I remember thinking there's no way I could get up in front of everyone and bring a lesson to to the congregation. You really used to think that oh, way? Oh, yeah, I couldn't. Because you do it all the time now. Well, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. I mean, yeah, when, I I was, when I was Paxson's age, when I was 16, 17... No way, man. I was scared to death. I yeah. mean, I'd lead singing, um, and I'd help on the table and things like that, you know. It was just really... It it's nerve-wracking. It, it is, and it, and it still, I think, um, can bother us all, even to this day. Um, but um, I, didn't, I didn't think I could do that, and I never would have dreamed that I could actually do that. Or even this podcast. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, to sit here and talk for an hour... About the Bible, you know, yeah, there that you know, there, there's we, no way I could have thought I could do that, and we never run out of things to say. No, we could go on all night, we could just have everyone here for a couple three hours, yeah. you know, but uh, we'd have someone fall out the window, you know, but <laughs> but you know, and they what you're you're coming to is this prayer is an opportunity for us to communicate with God and let Him know our fears. Yeah. And our worries. And you know, and he's he is the one leading the battle, right? And you, so when you go to him in prayer and then you go to his word, you you begin to see the plan fold out. Yeah. And you know, you think if you were scared to go into battle and the general came up to you and he's like, "Hey, son, you know, what are you thinking? Man, general, I'm scared to death, you know?" Yeah. And he's going to say, he's going to comfort you. Oh, you man, this is the best army I've ever I've ever uh, led, you know, or or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Right. But he's going to encourage you, and we have been encouraged too by God. That's right. In so many ways, you just read the Psalms, yeah, you know, or or the even the verses we've read tonight can encourage us, give us strength, and actually make it to where we can do things we didn't think we were capable of. Yeah, and prayer is a big part of that. Yeah, and you, you know. It's funny because somebody more recently came up to me, mm-hmm. you and I both know, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, you know, I should I try to study with them? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, are you a soldier of Christ? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, it's kind of your job there, isn't That's it? That's right. It is. <laughs> and and like, we all need that encouragement. Yeah. You know, we all need um, that little nudge sometimes That's right. to do something. And guess what? When you start doing it, it becomes easier. Yeah. And easier and easier and easier. And before long, you're like, man, I can't believe that was even an issue. Yeah. But through prayer yep. and, and, and careful study of God's word, we can do that. Yeah. We can, we can gain that confidence. We can be comforted. Uh, and we can be that soldier that just keeps soldiering on, just keeps charging right. away. And, and every, every study I, I have with someone, mm-hmm. I go to God in prayer before the study even begins. Mm-hmm. Because it's his fight, and and mm-hmm. I hope as a soldier, just a, a tool in his tool belt. I hope that I'm not dull, yeah. and I hope that I'm sharp, yeah, and so I can help the best way I can. And so you know, giving it to God in prayer and asking for His guidance, you know, and then you know, as, as the more you study the more you're able to have a ready recollection of the scripture. And and because after all, 
girding your waist with truth, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's constantly going back to the truth, mm-hmm. and and that's what we're that's what our fight is is it's bringing people to truth, mm-hmm. bringing people to Christ. Now, Chad, I've mentioned this to you several times. Our job is not to save people. Mm-hmm. Our job is to plant the seed. Yeah, God will add the increase. That's right. And it's it's not. We say this all the time. It's not what you say or what I say. It's what God says. And if you have a problem with what God says, basically, you're arguing with God. You know, not me. Right. And you know, people say, "Well, it's your interpretation." No, read it for yourself. You That's know, right. Look at it. I think we all have the obligation. You know, I know we have all all have the obligation to study ourselves, approve, like you say, mm-hmm. to study and make sure it's right. With you know, and we can all come to that understanding just yeah. by looking at God's word and reading it. And you know, it's not going to happen from osmosis. So we got to do a little work, right. you know. And you know, when and as I say that we we take people to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, only Christ can save you. Mm-hmm. And so, like Chad, what you were saying, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what I believe, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you believe. Mm-hmm. What does God say? Yeah. Only God can save you. Chad and I cannot save you. And and that was the rules. Those were the rules put in place. That's right. You can't break them. No. Nope. You're not, and you're not going to go around them, and and you're not going to um, relax any of them either. Yeah. You know, those rules aren't just going to become, oh, that's old news. You can get away with 10 minutes late. <laughs> you know, that it's not going to be relaxed. God's rules are there for a reason, and they're in his word, and it's the final say. Yeah. And, and if you, you can't follow those, you're not in the army. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I like I like how you were talking to these, these kids, right? Yeah. Where you're telling them, show up on time and be a hard worker. Yeah. You know, and... Maybe you're gonna have a day where maybe your alarm didn't go off, right? Mm-hmm. And and you show up late. It happens. One, you know, and that as you fight the spiritual fight, maybe you you slip up one day, mm-hmm. right? That's like the day that you you're just your alarm didn't go off. But there's a difference between like it happening once in a great while. Yes. Every week it happens. You know, don't be lazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, you perhaps we are gonna slip up from time to time. Get back up and fight the good fight. What I always say is it's a mindset. Yeah. You have to set your mind. That's right. To it. You set your mind to it, you're going to wake up before your alarm. <laughs> okay? You will. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 from repetition of it many is. days. Every day, every day, every day, every day is the same. Yeah. Before long, your mind, you don't even need to set an alarm. Okay? Um, and, and, yeah, we're going to have those days where we slip up. But you start studying the Bible, you get a routine going, it's going to be old hat. You're just going to do right. it. You're going to do it. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you're going to be a good soldier. And it, you're, you know, it's like I, I walk out the door, and if I don't have a hat on, I 180. Oh, I forgot my hat. You know? Yeah. I got to have my hat. I can't go outside without my hat. You know? You know, that's just how I am. It's a habit. It, you know? And, uh, and that's what we're talking about. It has to become repetitious we have to keep doing it and unfortunately we're out of time it has to become your life that's right it has to become your life and and that's it that's it you know it's simple put on the armor of god yep put on the armor of god and so um we, like i said we could talk and talk and talk too much yeah about it but i think we covered it well 
And I hope yeah. you guys have inst- enjoyed our study. Again, if you have any questions, uh, let us know. Uh, and give us a share. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. You know, Share the podcast with, with everyone. We'd appreciate it. And we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So if, if, if you want to send us a note, that would be great. If not, we'll be here next week. Thanks again, guys. Thank you.